Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! What's going on, guys? We back. Did you miss me? I really hope you did, because I missed you. Dime Dropper fam, we in the building on our own show. Dime Dropper returns after a month-long World Cup hiatus. I am not going to lie. It was nice to get away from the game for a little bit, get away from the regular season. It was a tough time for the Clippers and a pretty good time for the Lakers, if I'm being real. Anthony Davis went on a tear while I stopped doing lives and the Lakers were starting to look a little good, and then sadly AD went down, so hope he gets better just as a fan of the game. But the Clippers, you know, it's not like I haven't been watching Clipper games. If you all really want to hear my content, you know you can already follow me on Locked On Clippers, so make sure you go subscribe to that channel. But of course, before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper and hit the notification bell so you know every time I go live. And of course, follow me Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. And of course, check me out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you can't always see the face here. And how about the background live from Staples Center on this rainy day in Los Angeles? Just kidding. Uh, but hey, what do you think? Let me know in the comments. What do you think of the background, the green screen? Does it look better than my blank wall before? I obviously had to go Lob City Retro Court on you guys at this background. And it looks like I'm sitting in the commentary booth. In terms of like the where Brian Seaman and them sit, if you actually are, are familiar, they sit like above the 100 section right in front of Premier. But anyway, tonight's live post game is going to be talking about Clippers and Toronto Raptors. And then we can talk about a historic, and I mean historic, night from Luka Doncic. I watched the game, uh, the fourth quarter of the Knicks Mavericks game and oh boy I saw some things I had never seen before and then when we talk about Denver Nuggets that's a team that I had watched a good amount before I went on hiatus and I watched their Christmas game and I watched some of their game tonight against Sacramento and I got some more to add on them but let's get right to it the Clippers obviously Kawhi Leonard the second I left he played three straight games. Then he got hurt again with his ankle sprain. Was out for a little while longer. The peak frustration was starting to set in for Clipper fans. Ta uh, getting frustrated with the fact that you just weren't seeing their, the stars on the court. We weren't seeing our stars. We weren't really making progress. We weren't learning anything new about the team. And we felt like we were kind of stuck in the mud. And then out of nowhere, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and everybody were cleared to play against the Charlotte Hornets, I believe. Everybody but Norman Powell. They were cleared to play against the Charlotte Hornets. That's when Kawhi made that game winner. And slowly but surely, he's found his way. He had a great game against Boston, an even better game against Washington where he scored over 30 points. And you're starting to see the Kawhi Leonard that we remember from 2021 and every, you know, before that, slowly but surely. 
And I want to give a shout-out right now before we keep going into this game against the Toronto Raptors tonight to the people in the chat. Appreciate everybody, as always. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar a dime. Feeling a little generous for the holidays. We appreciate every penny here at Dime Dropper as we enter a new year where we got to do better than 2022 straight up. Uh, Showtime Nick, what's going on? Showtime Nick says, welcome back. I'm on vacation these next two weeks. I only watch the Lakers and Knicks games, though, so I'll let you fill me in on the Clippers. That I will do. So, the Clippers have started to play better of late. However, the one problem, major problem for me lately has been that Ty Lue has this guard conviction. And if you go back to my recaps last year of the 2022 playoffs and you go to the Celtics' net series, you'll see that I made it very clear that having multiple smaller guards or just too many guards out there on this NBA court never worked and does not work now. With all these wing players... And everybody, you know, talks about positionless basketball. Positionless basketball is really just a lot of face-up wing players that can guard guys of different sizes. And that's the motto, and that's that's the model that teams are going to start following going forward in this rest of this 2020s decade, in my opinion. The Clippers have a lot of these wing players, but when they lean to lineups like John Wall, Luke Kennard, Norman Powell all at the same time, I think it really prevents the Clippers from fulfilling and unlocking that potential that they have with the wings that can switch and stay in front on defense and then, of course, add athleticism on the offensive end. But talk about a team with a lot of wings, the Toronto Raptors. And the Clippers played them in the third game of a five-game road trip in which they've won the first two games. Actually, no, I'm sorry. They lost the first one to Philly and then beat the Detroit Pistons in a wild one last night. A wild one that they should not have won. That when the Clippers waved the white flag, they came back in and won with wings. Nico Batum, Amir Coffey, and Terrence Mann, to be exact. So in this game, off of back-to-back, Kawhi Leonard was load-managed in last night's game. So you knew he was going to be back in this one. John Wall was load-managed in this one. So... That makes Ty Lue's job a little bit easier in terms of not having to play an extra guard. And I think it really paid off. Now, I've seen a lot of people try to turn on John Wall. I don't like what I'm seeing from the fans because I think John Wall has, you know, at times it can be a little bit lazy on defense. But I think he has really put his, you know, heart and soul into this so far this season. And he's been pretty available. He plays with a lot of heart. And he seems to genuinely really like being here. I think that at times, what I said when I, the very first second we signed him and I made that episode uh, on this channel, I said that it felt like we didn't need another guard because Luke Kennard and Norman Powell were already coming off the bench and we don't need a third guard that's that good that's going to complicate things and make Ty Lue's job tougher. Well, that's kind of what we're seeing right now. And I think it was easier for him tonight without John Wall to kind of navigate the minutes. The Clipper lineups in this game were bigger and better. And... You needed that against an athletic team like Toronto, who have been having their own struggles of late, had a big losing streak, have had some injuries here and there. I mean, Precious Achua has missed a lot of games, and they're over 500 when he plays. Siakam missed about 10 games, if I'm not mistaken. And then Freddie V has been out here and there. Scotty missed a couple games. But overall, it's really been Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. have not been shooting as well as last season from three. Siakam has continue to improve and is having another amazing season the best of his career right now averaging LeBron numbers at 26 like eight and seven he's been phenomenal but and Scotty Barnes I've heard that he has made a little bit of elite playmaking but overall he's averaging even less points than last season and doesn't look like he's really taken a second step 
in this second season. And right now the Raptors find themselves a little below 500, 15 and 19 at the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference. But I think they'll turn it around to the point where they get like the eighth seed. But they're not a very deep team. And when guys like Otto Porter and Precious Achua, who are supposed to be their bench guys coming off the bench, are not playing, that forces the guys like Siakam and Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet to stay healthy and have to pro- con- consistently produce because they don't really have that much else. They have a lot of young players that are very raw, like Chris Boucher and Christian Coloco and Delano Banton and even Malachi Flynn, but he's been pretty good of late from what I've seen and heard. So I knew this game wasn't going to be easy. But man, it was a very good Clipper performance tonight in this one. And I think it was a slowly, slowly, but surely kind of effort. In the beginning of the game, I thought the thing that stuck out was the Raptors' length, which you know you're going to get. OG Ananobi's having a career year right now, playing really good defense. He obviously knows Kawhi well from the year that they were together, and he was doing a really good job getting over screens and contesting shots and making sure that he was right in Kawhi's face when he was shooting those jumpers. And one thing I've noticed about Kawhi, honestly, since he's probably joined the Clippers, but definitely a little bit so far this season, is he's not as quick turning the corner on pick and rolls as like Paul George or other guys on our team. And I don't know if that's because he's just stepped slower or because he's so, he has such wide shoulders that he just doesn't get into the, you know, those slippery cracks to kind of just get underneath the guy and make him and get him on his back or get that guy on his back. But let me know what you think in the comments below. If you've noticed that it seems like he has not been able to turn the, he doesn't turn the corner the same way. What he likes to do is he, puts his shoulder into this defender that's trailing him or on his hip to create separation. Sometimes he even throws a pump fake in there and then he still gets his shot off. But depending on if the guy has length and has size, sometimes it's a really tough shot. But he was making some nice passes, I will say. Found Marcus Morris Sr. for a first quarter three. Found Paul George for a trailer three. And Sr. and Paul George each hit two threes in the first quarter. And the Clips missed a good amount of threes. A good looks from three in the first quarter. And Zoo, I thought... Started out a little bit suspect. Like, I think the the length of the Raptors was bothering him. He was kind of second-guessing a lot of passes in the short roll. And at times, I think he got away with a travel or two because of that, that hesitancy. But he was still making a huge impact on the glass and had damn near a double-double after the first quarter because the Raptors don't really run with a center. You know, they ran with Siakam, Hernan Gomez, Juancho Hernan Gomez, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Fred Van Vliet in this game starting while the Clippers went with Reggie Paul senior Kawhi and Zoo. And in the first quarter, there wasn't much separation. It was 29, 27 Toronto. And when I say that their length, it's not just OG Ananobi. There was one time where Scotty Barnes was doubling Paul George. And then he got out to Reggie Jackson so beautifully and closed out and didn't even let Reggie get a shot off because of his length. Reggie didn't want to shoot because he thought Scotty would get a piece of it. So that just showed you the length of Toronto. But the second quarter is when the Clippers kind of started to show what they were about. They outscored the Raptors 33-27. And a guy that was having an emotional night, it was really about him tonight, was Norman Powell. This was his first game playing in front of the Toronto Raptor crowd, the crowd that saw him drafted in 2015 and go on to be on the team for five and a half years and had some great moments in a Raptors uniform in the playoffs, and of course was a rotation piece to that team that won the championship. Got a really nice video tribute, and man, 
he, it looked like he was getting emotional. It honestly did. He said he didn't cry, but it looked like his eyes were getting watery to me. But he came in with a vengeance. He was going to the basket hard. He was being aggressive. And every single time he had a chance to dunk, he was doing it. He was feeling himself. And you saw Ty Lue staggering Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in this game. You're starting to see that now more and more as the minutes restriction is lifted. Paul George and Kawhi each played 35 minutes in this game, which you love to see. And Paul George was playing to start that second quarter alongside Norman Powell. And the guys that came off the bench for the Clippers tonight were Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Norman Powell, and Nico Batum. Still no Robert Covington or Amir Coffey getting rotation minutes. Robert Covington with yet another DNP, which, again, I'm not a huge fan of, but when the Clippers win by double digits, I do not like to complain. And the Clippers did 124-113 to in this one. But I thought in the second quarter you started to see what the Clippers were about. And obviously, defensively with Kawhi, it's a totally different ballgame because of his ability to switch and guard multiple guys. And even though Kawhi Leonard did not have the best game tonight offensively, 15 points, 5 for 12, he really made good passes. He rebounded, but his defense really stuck out to me. He guarded Pascal Siakam a lot in that first half. Paul George took his cracks at Pascal as well. And Pascal has been having the best regular season of anybody on either side, Clippers or Raptors. And he started out the game 2 for 12 in the first half. He eventually ended up 13 for 24 and got to the line 15 times and ended with 36 points. But the Clippers made life tough for him. And I really thought that Kawhi Leonard did a great job defending and taking that challenge even in the first half. But... It wouldn't be easy because OG Ananobi was hooping. Hit a three, got to the lane for another floater in that second quarter. He actually had a good game, 18 points and five rebounds, five for nine from the field. But he played 44 minutes, which is a lot when you're getting beaten by 11 in a regular season game, especially in today's NBA. However... Reggie Jackson was another guy who had a very solid game for the Clips tonight. Him and He and Norman Powell had 11 points each at the half. And I thought, again, just like yesterday, Reggie Jackson stuck to the basics and just played his role. A corner three off the catch. A couple of times in the pick and roll when he was handling the ball, I couldn't tell if the Raptors were dropping or hedging. It was kind of like they were playing in the middle of it. It was kind of like a drop, but the, but the drop defender was a wing player, like a Scotty Barnes, that kept backpedaling, and Reggie got into the lane for a couple of floaters, and he's got floater game. He always has. Made him pay a little bit there, and just had a really good second quarter, Reggie Jackson. I really liked it. But another guy who was going head-to-toe, uh, I'm sorry, head-to-head -head with Norman Powell was the guy that actually was traded to Toronto for Norman Powell, and that was Gary Trent Jr. He was making some tough shots, tough jumpers, shots with guys closing out on him and doing a good job of doing so and still hitting shots, even hitting a couple jumpers in pick and roll, floater in pick and roll. He was really killing the Clippers off the bench. But Paul George was the standout, in my opinion, for the first half in terms of the Clippers. 16 points, he hit three threes, he was pretty aggressive and just it was coming easy to him. Again, when Kawhi's out there, he makes life easier for Paul George. He gives him the opportunity to attack closeouts more, get open threes, get into the 
in transition when all eyes are on Kawhi and they swing the ball to the opposite side and defenses have to scramble with Paul George able to take guys off the bounce and then make plays. It's a totally different game. And Norman Powell was just equally as aggressive, if not the most aggressive player of any Clipper. And he was attacking closeouts left and right, trying to get to the basket whenever he could. And the Clippers were up 60-56 to going into the third quarter. And that's when everything changed, the third quarter. And the third quarter was the one that hurt the Clippers last night in Detroit. But Toronto, apparently, according to my really solid Raptors followers that I follow on Twitter, shout out to all of them. They said that the third quarter has been an issue for Toronto. And... That was a very clear thing in this game. And again, the Clippers' defense is good. It's basically Zubats and drop coverage. He's done a very solid job all season, and he did a really good job tonight. He was a presence, even though at times I think he's been a little slow lately, but I thought tonight was a lot better from him. Contested shots at the rim and made his presence known defensively and offensively. I mean, on the offensive glass, he was fantastic. And I thought in the second half, he was phenomenal, just totally dominated. He was turning back into Zushak, like we saw against Indiana when he went 31-29 and 29, like he was fucking Wilt. Man, Zoo was all over the offensive glass. He was garnering so much attention. It seemed like three or four Raptors would collapse onto him and foul him and are just swiping at the ball. I thought he was doing a great job of just dominating these little raptors, these these little dinosaurs who are big and long, but they do not have the height. Can't teach height, I heard one time when one of my good friends threw a pass way over my head. <laughs> Thaddeus Young played 10 minutes. Chris Boucher played 9 minutes. But Malachi Flynn and Gary Trent played 26 and 30 minutes respectively with the 30 coming from Gary Trent who had 20 points off the bench on 8-for-16 shooting and 2-for-4 from deep. So he, he did his part, in my opinion. But I will say, Norman Powell made it his job to try to go at Fred VanVleet and um, Gary Trent. He was really aggressive, and he wanted to make he wanted to prove a point. He even saw him screaming after dunks. He was showing a little bit of emotion there, and I fuck with it. you know. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Norman Powell has been just phenomenal of late. I got to give him so much credit. The way he's bounced back from the start of the season, he has moved to that bench and he has embraced that six-man role. And I'm really happy because that's the. I think his game is tailored to that, honestly. Come in, get buckets. You don't have to be some great defender. Just play hard, do your best, and do what you do in that score the basketball from all three levels and continue to get to the basket and get to the foul line. And he's doing that. And he's got championship experience doing that. So I'm really happy with Norman Powell of late. And I thought for me, he was my overall player of the game just because of his aggressiveness. Like when he came into the game, he was treating it like it was a playoff game. For him, it clearly meant a lot. 22 points for him. He also had three steals. He was plus nine in the plus minus, eight for 14 from the field, and two for three from deep and made all four of his free throws. Norman Powell, salute. My guy, in 23 minutes, 22 points in 23 minutes. We'll take that, champ. Just need you to, you know, double up that ring count this season, my friend. But Paul George, he continued to be good. And Zubats in the third quarter, the story was really him, taking advantage of the no centers on the Raptors' side. And Toronto, I think their offense is pretty clunky. I think they play a lot of one-on-one. And because they're all wings, they don't really have many post players. Even though Scotty Barnes and Siakam do a decent job posting up, I think they don't lean into that as much because everyone says the post-up is dead. But the thing is, teams are going to double them in the post. 
and their shooting is putrid. Like, they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, especially when Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. are shooting significantly let, uh, worse from three this year. That's definitely been something that's hurt them. However, I do think they will return to their normal selves, and Gary Trent Jr. with this game is showing that, you know, he is still, it's still not out of character for him to shoot this way. So I think Toronto will, re will return back to that, but they don't have much shooting even with that. It's been a problem for them for a little while now. And teams are going to double in the post if they do that. But honestly, it's not that different than teams loading up at the top and Scotty Barnes or Siakam taking a contested 18-footer. It's really not that different. And the Clippers were able to switch. And getting over screens, Paul George, Kawhi, Nico, Marcus Morris, it's totally different when you have a bunch of wings out there. And to, when they went to the bench, when we went to the bench, it was a lot of Luke Kennard alongside. Like, Luke Kennard is the smallest guy with Paul George, Nico, Marcus, and like someone else and Norman Powell Reggie and Norman was and Reggie and Kennard was the smallest we were going in the backcourt I just really liked it that's the way it has to be it has to be size and that's what makes thing that's what makes life tough on the opposing team and forces them to play one-on-one -on -one. Kawhi did such a good job defending on and off the ball he got a couple steals he had a couple of blocks Sorry, one block and one steal. But he was just everywhere. He really felt like he was everywhere on defense and he was playing with some extra motivation. There was even one time where OG Ananobi was on a fast break dunk and Kawhi Leonard was chasing him from chasing him from behind. And he straight up went for that block. So I was pretty happy to see that. And I just love the way Kawhi Leonard's looked lately. Just he's playing hard. He's trying to test his body out. And man. He's doing his thing. And Norman Powell was doing his thing. Scored the last 11 points of the third quarter for us. Hitting threes. Getting to the rim. Dunking the basketball. Clippers outscored the Raptors 37-26 to in the third. Got a lot of good shots. And in the fourth quarter, Powell still went strong. Terrence Mann came in and was active. Scored on a back cut. Ivica Zubats was dominant on the glass. Finishing around the rim. And Kawhi and Paul just closed it out, made a couple of big plays. I thought that the Toronto Raptors, they have a tendency to really try to smother stars and make them pass to their teammates and make role players beat them. And besides OG Ananobi's real and Pascal Siakam's good efforts guarding Kawhi and good contests, there were a lot of moments where they doubled up Kawhi, even triple-teamed Kawhi at times. And the other guys on the Clippers made shots. Reggie Jackson. 9 for 15 from the field, 2 for 6 from 3, 20 points from him. He's been fantastic in two consecutive games. He played 31 minutes tonight. I love me some catch-and-shoot Reggie. He was great. How about Marcus Morris? 10 points, 3 for 7 from the field, 2 for 6 from deep. I think he played a little bit too much, I'm not going to lie. 28 minutes when he was 2 for 6 from deep. I, I believe at halftime he was 2 for 6 from deep. And Terrence Mann is only playing 12 minutes. I have a little bit of an issue with that. But overall, Marcus Morris got in double figures. Three for seven is not bad at all. He was fine. And Nico Batum started out like 0 for 5 from three. All his shots were threes, and he ended up 3 for 8. But it's not even about the threes with Nico. All the other things he does, he rebounds. He can guard everybody. He is so intelligent, is a communicator, makes these little plays, 9.7 rebounds, a big three in the left corner in the fourth quarter. 
to close the game out. And when he hit it, I knew that was game. And Kawhi Leonard, Paul George made a plethora of great plays, finding guys and just being leaders and getting the job done. Kawhi Leonard, 15 points, seven rebounds, eight assists, which reflects what I'm saying. Five for 12 from the field, only shot two threes, and he made one of them. So slowly but surely, as I said on Locked On Clippers, that three-point percentage is going to come back to what we know. Four for five from the line from him. Really good defense for Kawhi. I think the stat sheet will definitely not tell you how well he played, and he is doing his thing lately. If it's a Zubats, you can argue he was the player of the game because he really stood out. Ten offensive rebounds for my boy Zoo. Ten offensive rebounds. 23 and 16. Along with a block. He was plus 15, the highest of any clipper. 23 and 16 on 7 for 13 shooting and a 9 for 12 from the foul line. As I said, he was getting hacked left and right. He was too big, too strong, too much. Zoo. 9 for 12 from the line. Paul George, another good game. He was great last night in Detroit. Good again tonight. Both ends of the floor. 23 points, 7 boards, 5 assists, 3 turnovers, which is pretty standard for Paul, honestly. 9 for 18 from the field, 50%, and 5 for 9 from deep. Only thing I don't like, no free throw attempts, which was not the case last night. But 35 minutes of play, he did his thing. I already talked about Nico. Terrence only two points in 12 minutes, which I didn't really like. Kennard, a very rare occasion where he had a donut. 0 for 4. And I also want to say I am wearing my Luke Kennard shirt right now that says Nuke. You can find that on laclipset.com. Shout out to my man Ernie. Check out his site. He makes Clipper merch, um, including a dime t-shirt. I got to get my dime t-shirt, but you can go get your dime t-shirt. We're going to have merch eventually on Dime Dropper, but check out his website for my face, literally my face with the Clipper logo on your chest. You should go and get that shit on laclipset.com, including more Clipper merch, Clipper Nation. So show my love to my boy Ernie because he works hard. But you know who else worked hard? The Clippers tonight. They really did on both ends of the floor, and I'm really proud of them, especially on a back-to-back when they arrived in Toronto. According to Lily Batum, the wife of Nico Batum, at 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time last night. So bravo to the Clips for getting it done. Luke Kennard had a rare donut, but Norman Powell was my player of the game. 22 points on 8 for 14 shooting in 23 minutes. Just aggressive. And one thing I really loved, probably the best statistic for the Clippers tonight, you know, 39.5% from three is good. 48% from the field is good. 82.6% from the foul line is good. But nine turnovers, that's the one. That's the one, baby. Toronto, well, Pascal Siakam ended up having 36 points, but I was never afraid at any point. The one thing I loved about the Clippers tonight, they were up in the second half like the whole time, and they never let the Raptors get within single digits. They kept them at 12. That was incredible. I have not seen the Clippers hold on to a lead like that in a very long time. So props to them. Really loved it. Pascal, 36 points, 9 boards, and 5 assists in 41 minutes of play. Playing a lot. They were really not in that game to me in the fourth quarter. 13 for 24 for him. 0 for 4 from deep. 10 for 15 from the line. So I feel like he should be doing better there. Juancho and Gomez had a donut in 9 minutes, 0 for 5. Four of those were threes. So nothing from him. Fred Van Vliet, thought he wasn't that great. Pretty quiet. Clippers went on him on defense. He only played 23 minutes, I think, as a result. Four points for him, seven assists on two for six shooting and 0 for three from deep. 
Scotty Barnes, pretty impressive, I thought. 17 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. 8 for 15 from the field. 0 for 2 from deep. His jumper is still a little suspect to me. But he has just great lower body strength, as I talked about last year. And I love his bully ball aspect to his game. But I think he still needs work as a face-up player. And I think it's teams respecting a jump shot, first and foremost. Talked about Ananobi, 18 points on 5 for 9 shooting. And I must say that I just did not expect OG Ananobi to sound how he does. And it's pretty funny. And uh, he's a funny guy. I'm a fan. Fan of his game, for sure. That's all of them, though, for the Raptors. Clippers win it. 124 to 113. They move on to 21 and 15. 10 and 8 on the road. 2 and 1 on this road trip. I'm fucking with it. Really loving the way the Clippers are playing. And because of the way the West has been, they're making me look the fool right now if they can continue this. If they can continue this. Right now we're in the fourth spot. Need to get into those top three. Hopefully, top two. Toronto, 15 and 19. They got to get it together soon. But somebody who's got it together. Actually, before we move on to the Mavs. Real quick, and Luca mainly. Let me read the comments real quick. From JHC213, he says, Also, the rotations didn't seem as bad. I like seeing Man and Luke out there more. I agree. My guy Spencer. Shout out to my guy Spencer. Uh, I haven't seen him at a Clipper game this season, I don't think. or not. No, I probably have seen you this season, Spence. But I don't know if I've seen you recently. He says, Zoo played fantastic. When he plays aggressive, we win and it opens the floor. Absolutely. An Ernie shout-out. He says, I got to get that dime drop a drip. Yes, sir. And Spence also says, yep, they kept the energy the whole way. But Luka Doncic tonight, I watched the fourth quarter of the game against the Knicks. And shout-out to the New York Knicks. You know, they've been on a winning streak. They were on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8-game winning streak. And then now they've lost four in a row. My goodness. And tonight was as brutal a loss as you could imagine. I put on the game, and Julius Randle was playing amazing. He finished with 29 points, 18 rebounds, and 4 assists. I think he's having a much better season than last year. Not as good of a season as 2021, but he's kind of just going back to playing basketball, and I think the, the pressure has lifted a little bit off of him. And he also has more help. You know, R.J. Barrett's a better player than then, and then Jalen Brunson. But he didn't have them in this game. R.J. Barrett went out of the game in, after two minutes, Hopefully he's okay. Jalen Brunson didn't play. I don't think he's out for a while, though. But Julius Randle to have 29, 18, and 4. Pretty sure he's from Texas. So you know he's always going to play hard. I could be wrong on the Texas thing. But 29, 18, and 4 for Julius Randle in 45 minutes. That's a lot. Mitchell Robinson had 20 points and 16 boards. But the craziest one of all. Quinton Grimes, who I've heard he and Deuce McBride have made a huge difference defensively for the Knicks as Evan Fournier is now out of the rotation. And so is, I wouldn't say Derek, I don't think Derek Rose is out of the rotation, but he doesn't play as much. He played 12 minutes in this game. But Deuce McBride, for example, played 46 minutes and he came off the bench. 46. Quinton Grimes, 48. But he had 33 points. 33 points. He was impressive when I was watching. I thought the Knicks had the game up nine with 30 seconds to play. And a, I will say, very controversial jump ball that was called a little too quickly, in my opinion. Gave the Mavericks the ball back. Pretty sure Christian Wood hit a three, or that may have just happened. Luka had an and one on a putback, and it was great, almost Larry Bird-like 
instinct and timing. He saw that Tim Hardaway was just going to chuck it up. It was a deep three, and it was short. And Luka followed up and got an and one. And then they play the foul game. Deuce McBride misses a free throw. Spencer Dinwiddie hits a three. And then one of the most spectacular things I think I've ever seen in an NBA game, Luka makes the first free throw when his team's down three. You know he's going to miss it on purpose. He misses it on purpose really well. It's a scramble in the air for the ball. It touches about four different hands before touching two Knicks players that went for the same loose ball. They couldn't hold on to it. It falls into the hands of Luka Doncic in midair who still puts it in. I mean, I've never seen that. Like, what are the odds? That feels scripted almost. Like, Luka is out here missing the free throw. It's, it, like, you're you're happy that Luka's at the line because you know that if it's going to be a, a miss, he's going to miss on purpose. It's going to be a good miss because Luka's just like that. And for the ball to hit so many different sets of hands, at the end hit two Knicks players, and then it comes right back into the hands of the golden boy himself. And he fu- to have the shot-making ability to fucking make the shot too, like, this guy was just on one. I mean, he's just that kind of guy. We Clipper fans know it very well. A career night for Luka Doncic. You knew the momentum at that point had shifted. If Man, shout out to all the Mavs fans that were at the game. That must have been an electric game to be at. They outscored the Knicks 11-6 to in OT to win it 126-121. to They're starting to pick it up a little bit of late. Obviously beating the Lakers on Christmas. They're 19-16 and now. Knicks are 18-17. and Luka Doncic with the franchise high, yes, franchise high more than the great Dirk Nowitzki who just got a beautiful statue unveiled outside the American Airlines Center. Wow, it is beautiful. Shout out to Dirk, one of my favorites of all time. But Luka surpassed his record tonight with 60 points and he did something not even the great Wilt Chamberlain did. 60 point triple double only him and James Harden have done it and he did it with 21 rebounds 21 rebounds and 10 assists I mean are you kidding me Luka Doncic is right there in that MVP ladder although it is too early to talk MVP I am not going to be one of those guys that talks MVP back and forth in fucking December but He's playing as well as anybody right now this season. We all know the problem with the Mavs, so I don't even need to fucking talk about it. There's no clear second star on this team, and we're just going to keep saying that. So good night as far as Dallas is concerned. Let's read some of the comments. Kyle's take says, has RJ been playing well recently? I remember he was asked to start the season. I've heard that he's picked it up. I've heard that he's picked it up, but I would have to talk to more Knicks fans for that. Spencer says, the Clippers are seven games from taking the first seed. we got to win next game against Boston. Well, that's going to be tough. And he also said, I can't lie, Luka balled out as a very good game. My last thing, the Denver Nuggets before I shut down for the night. I also will say, guys, ask questions, man. If you have any questions to ask me about my time away, whatnot, please check out my World Cup videos, by the way. I put a lot of time into those, and they were better than, even if you're not a soccer fan, better than any basketball vlog I could ever make. It was the experience of a lifetime. Just check it out. See what the fans were like. The experience was like for me, if you really fuck with my content. But basketball is back. Also, check out my recent Clipper vlog. Shout out to everybody that came up to me at the game. That was awesome to have so many people like recognize what you do. I couldn't be more thankful to you guys, for real. That's the most humbling part about the entire experience. 
But to close it out, the Denver Nuggets. They've started to gain separation in this Western Conference. Nah, I, just, a, just a tad. And that's because since Jokic came back from COVID, he's been fucking killing. Like, he has been destroying teams. And he is making a really damn good case for himself to join Bill Wilt and the great Labber in the only players to win three straight MVP category. Because what this guy's doing on a consistent basis, I think he's arguably the best rebounder in the league. He's such an amazing offensive engine. It's so unique. I've never seen a situation where a, a center gets the rebound and the point guard just turns his back and walks down the court and gets ready to spot up. It's unbelievable. He'll run pick and rolls as the ball handler, but I think my favorite part about him is watching him pass to cutters. You know, Everybody knows that they if they move and gain an inch of separation coming off a screen or just cutting to the basket, all Jokic needs is a small window and he can potentially find you. He's got that seven-foot frame so you can see uh, over the top of defenders, but he's also just got them passing mechanics, my friends. Passing mechanics, perfect weight, perfect trajectory, and just fucking teams up. And he is just a great engine, but it's also the Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Great to see these guys back. That's why I'm watching a lot of these Nuggets games, because Jamal Murray is fun to watch. He torched my Clippers in the glorified summer league, but I still respect his basketball ability. And he is now averaging 18 points a game and 5.6 assists. And his shooting splits are getting a little better. 44% from the field, 35.6% from deep. And the thing about Jamal Murray is, as you saw on Christmas, he's clutch. You know he's clutch. He makes big shots. It's even before the glorified summer league. 2019, game seven, Spurs. Come on. If you know your recent history, Jamal Murray, hoops. In big moments. And a guy that I've also been extremely impressed by this season, Aaron Gordon. Playing really good basketball on both ends of the floor. His cutting is fantastic. His defense is fantastic. And he's athletic as shit. He's averaging 17.5 points a game and seven rebounds on this team. And he's averaging and he's shooting 61% from the field and 39% from three. He's doing his thing. And MPJ is also shooting 46% from the field and 40.5% from three and scoring and averaging 16 points a game. So they got four guys all averaging 16 or more. And man, they're the number one seed right now in the Western Conference at 22 and 11. Just got a good win against Sacramento tonight. And yeah, they're a problem. And I don't mind if the Nuggets finish better than the Clippers in the regular season. They're one of the teams I said are going to be right in that mix to win the championship. They're one of the few great teams in the league. I really don't think there are a lot of great teams in the NBA right now. I think there are a lot of good teams in the Western Conference. I think everybody's beating each other up because they're all fairly mediocre and good depending on who's playing or not. But the Denver Nuggets are a great team. They have a super, superstar that's going to be one of the best centers to ever play when it's all said and done. Where he's going to be ranked, I don't know. That's the toughest position to get into like the top 10 of. But Jokic is special, no doubt. And I've said that since 2017, before I even had a show, when he dropped triple doubles on DeAndre Jordan, made us look silly. So, But Jamal Murray is also a really, really fantastic player that I think needs to continue to be aggressive. And I think at times he's aggressive. But in terms of shooting the ball, he needs to be. It can't just be Jokic ball. He needs to run pick and rolls as the ball handler because that pick and roll with him and Jokic is unguardable as well. It's a nightmare to guard. But Denver Nuggets, they're a big problem. Clippers need to still finish top three, though. I still stand by that conviction. Top two would be even better. And I think we can. I think the Pelicans are going to, even though they're playing great, even without Ingram, Zion's been unbelievable. I love Zion now. I really, he won me over, especially with that comment he made about Earl of Pearl Monroe and like these throwback players that he was introduced to as a kid. That's a student of the game kind of comment. So Zion, 
You've got a fan in me. You've got a fan in me. And I like him even more than Jaw now. And I was Team Jaw the whole way going into the NBA draft. But you know why? It's and because Jaw's a dime dropper. But you know why I can't like Jaw more than Zion anymore? Besides the fact that he gave props to the old. It's on the fucking teddy bears. Kyle's take says, talk about Dubs Hornets, at least whatever you watched. Well, I watched the end of the game and I saw Rancho Cucaminga hit a nice floater on the drive. And I think he's shown some really good stuff of late. And I think that the Warriors, they've had a really topsy-turvy season. As I said before, they we stopped. Um, they can't guard. But at home, they've been really good. It's on the road where they've struggled. And I only seem to watch them at home besides that five-game road trip. Whenever I watch the Warriors live, they win. So I can't really tell you too much recently. I think all they got to do is just stay within striking distance by the time Steph comes back. I think the Warriors are the only team in the West where seeding doesn't really matter because they've been there, done that time and time again. They already have chemistry. And I think that absolutely rhythm matters. But man, when you got Steph Curry playing at the level he was playing, sometimes peaking at the, they, they peaked at the right time last year. So we'll see. Because the West, I don't think any team is that intimidating, really, if you're a Warriors. That's my opinion. Shout out to June 28th, July, Alex Delata, all you guys in the chat. Alex Delata says, yeah, Luca went off. I watched the overtime and he was cooking. But man, he needs help. I love the Mavs when they aren't playing the Clippers. And every time they play, I tell everyone, Dallas Lucas. Kyle's take says, I want to hear you trash Jaw and the Teddies who say he doesn't have to worry about the West. Yeah, here's the thing about Ja Morant. I love his confidence. I love his spunk and like his energy. But some of the, the Grizzlies stick their foot in their mouths. And I think that they're a target. And ever since he made that comment about the West, the Warriors whooped on him and the Suns just whooped on him tonight. My God, they beat the shit out of them. Even without Devin Booker, who's been playing really good basketball this season. And shout out to the Suns. I think they're doing, I don't like them, but... They're doing a decent job of staying in the mix despite the tough times they've gone through and, and Cameron Johnson being out. And But June 28th, July says, who are the finals favorites at this point? I think absolutely you got to say Denver um, in the West. I think that right now they're the clear favorite because I just don't think the Pelicans are going to make the finals in their first year winning a series. I just don't think so. Um, I don't think Memphis is ready for that either. I think they're a regular season uh, team that's going to continue to get better in the playoffs, but they're not ready to make the finals, in my opinion. I could be wrong. I really hope I'm right, though. We are right in that mix, though. Just give us a couple more weeks to get uh, climb up in those seeds. Clippers are right in that mix. And then if the Warriors figure it out, I think they're in the mix, too. Uh, on the other side, it's, it's a Milwaukee and Boston show. Um, I know Philadelphia is going to flame out in the second round. I think the Nets, though, keep your eye on them. I have not watched Jacques Vaughn ball, but the way they've been looking, Kevin Durant's having an amazing season, and no one's talking about him. He should be in the MVP conversation, absolutely. Even when Nash was there, he was hooping on both ends of the floor, and ever since he's come back from the extreme controversy, Kyrie Irving has been hooping, and Ben Simmons has been playing better, too, and TJ Warren's back. Nick Claxton's been incredible. The Jacques Vaughn has been incredible. The Nets are finally fulfilling the potential that I said they could fulfill, and I'm happy to see it because I didn't want Kevin Durant to leave and be a bitch. But anyway, Cameron Aselli, what's going on, my boy? I missed you. Yes. How's the post-World Cup depression? Awful. Awful. It definitely sucks. Cameron says Luka was him tonight. No words. Knicks didn't even choke that hard. Yeah, the Knicks, that was a generational choke. Oh, my God. You can't be losing games like that. I don't care if the, if the jump ball ruined your momentum. 
Yes, good point, Cal. Set Cal's takes. He says an underrated thing about Denver this season is the pickups of KCP and Bruce Brown. Absolutely, two-way guys. They can, I mean, in KCP's case, can hit the three ball, but they're good cutters and can score floaters, shots around the rim, athletic players that can guard. You gotta love players like that. Good in transition as well. Cameron Aselli also says, as for the Clippers, let's end the first half of the season 25-16. and 16. I think it's a doable task. Only loss in the next six might come against the next game versus Boston, though. Hey, man, Cam, I've said it over and over. One game at a time is the way I like to go um, because you just never know who you're going to have. What if guys are sitting in those games? What if someone gets injured? Let's just enjoy Kawhi and Paul George one game at a time is my line of thinking and enjoy that they're healthy against Boston next game. Cameron Aselli says, what's the Raptors ceiling in the playoffs, you think? They're a first-round team. They're a first-round team. I'm sorry. Alexander, what's up, my boy? He says, I want to kiss Luka Doncic. He's the best in the NBA. We'll see. June 28th, July says, has Ben Simmons been turning things around? I've heard he's been a lot better, but I haven't watched games in a while, so can't tell you. Kyle Stakes agrees that Kyrie has been balling. Cameron says, Nets looking great. Might get that LAC Brooklyn Finals. A man can dream. Hollow702 says, I know the 76ers are going to go out in the second round. Ouch. Are you a Sixers fan, Hollow? Spencer says, what are your thoughts on the fire Ty Lue? Let's settle down Mike Smith. Has he been perfect? Fuck no. But fire? Are you kidding? Come on, man. We about to do this shit. This league is right now is there for the taking. It's weak. The West is weak. It's mid right now, man. Let's fucking take this shit. But anyway, that's it for tonight, guys. I am going to end the Spotify portion of the chat. I'm sorry, the audio version of the episode because 45 minutes is a lot to listen to one man talk and even though you've spent your afternoon or whatever you have with me it's good to be back talking to you guys about hoops um thank you so much now to the live subscribers only that have been patiently waiting in the chat 18 of them on this night